Hello, yes, this is Dan Housen here. Dan Housen, this is uh, for Shooting the Breeze with Bash and James Housen. Yes, yeah, a podcast, a wrestling podcast of some sort based in the UK. It's quite nice. Dan Housen mm. here to give you a very nice, valuable shout-out of some sort. And also, you, Dan Housen, wishing you the powers to knock out the Breeze horse. That is War Horse in disguise, Dan Housen thinks. He's not quite sure. But he also is uh, shooting the Breeze with the Breeze horse. So, you must defeat him. He's evil. Anyways, love that Dan Housen. Good luck. Three, two. Hey, this is uh, episode 83 of uh, Shooting the Breeze with uh, Bash. Um, with me, James. And our special recurring guest. Hello, uh, boys. How are you both? Uh, all good, thank you. How about you? Uh, as good as I can be. Uh, how are you, Jimbo? All good, mate. Uh, absolutely pounding in my grain, but other than that, can't complain too much. Cool. Uh, uh, do you want to get your plugs out the way, James? Fourteen on everything. That is Twitch and Twitter. Cool. Uh, just say that again because it kind of cut out a bit. Uh, James Vaughan fourteen. Yeah, I got you. Then. Excellent. Sorry, uh, when it went like a tiny little bit robotic for a moment, but yeah. it seems to have cleared up that. Yeah, it seems to be fine now. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to talk about and a lot to get through. So uh, we'll just get right into it. Um, the there's a new IWGP World Champion, which is a uh, Shingo Tagagi. Um, I don't know if any of you watched that match, but it was. A, oh, a great I, match. I did have a chance to watch it, and to be fair, I think everyone was a little bit surprised that it wasn't Takada because he's like their go-to kind of you know, okay. guy when a title's kind of in limbo, but I think Akada said in an interview, he was like, yeah, that, that title's cursed. Like, it's not had, it's like a new title and it's not had, like, good luck so far. <laughs> he probably doesn't want it. <laughs> I think it was a, it's a smart move to give it to Shingo. It's quite a ballsy move. <coughs> kind of, yeah, the, when the finish, obviously, Akada selling was amazing in the, the last stretch of the match. Like, I don't think there's a, a better seller in the world right now than Okada. No, he did yeah. sell it like he'd been... Like, when the, the end of the match when he uh, took that lariat, it literally looked like... He, he, he sold it like he'd been shot. Like, he literally just, like, somebody just mowed him down. It was yeah. like... and the ending, like, when uh, Chingo hits the last of the dragon, and it's kind of like... Uh, he's like got that shot look like he finally got the three count. I think everybody was pretty shocked and was like, "Wow, it's an interesting way to go." But at the moment, it seems okay. I mean, he's got his next challenger in the Bushi, which is um, interesting. I think that's July twenty fifth, if I'm not mistaken. If nothing gets cancelled or whatever, it's really yeah. good. But like. Yeah. How many losses can a Bushi seriously take? Let's go on the assumption that he doesn't win the match. Like, the guy just seems to be eating losses at the moment. You know what? I think they're going to go Broadway. I can't see either guy like losing because kind of Bushi was the first champion. Shingo can't afford another loss. I mean, they can't keep hot potato the title. No, they really can't. And I don't think they're going to do DQ finish in the main event. It's not it's not their style, so I think they're going to go Broadway. It would be uh, a great match because both guys kind of like... Well, outsiders of New Japan are kind of came in in different, like, similar ways. They're similar age, kind of of a similar style. But I don't see him hot pertaining that title. It's not worth it. No, they need to keep it on stable. someone for a good while. Kind of like what they've done with Reigns and the WWE title. Yeah, I think they're going to keep it on Shingo for a good while. But then I don't, I don't see like Ibushi taking another loss is going to hurt him. No. Yeah. What about you, James? Did you get a chance to? Um, no, I haven't watched them. Yeah, yeah, but from what you said, it's certainly something I'll catch up on um, in the bits and someone that I'd never really heard of because I, I watched New Japan Wrestling um, and then all of a sudden it just seemed to be like every time we speak it's just good just a good match match when you talk about it and I agree with what James said as well about it being 
like a cursed time and everyone just seems to get injured and dropped off um, I don't think how um, the bits and pieces that I do know it just seem like I wish he loses quite often so I think mine would only be on like a time limit draw maybe so yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying it's going to be like a 60 minute draw but them going 60 minutes it's going to be a long long match really think about it but yeah uh, that'll be on July 25th uh, there's a lot going on in the US division obviously uh, the Good Brothers have returned and they're going to have live fans in August and be featuring Jay White Mox and Tom Lawler which Tom Lawler's just retired from MMA so it looks like he's going full time into pro wrestling and probably signed with New Japan the way he's looking right oh, Tom Lawler. I think I've watched a lot of him when he was in MLW when he was there challenging he won the Battle Royal um, and then kind of went from there and I've, I've always thought he was really good I think him and uh, Mox will have some great matches if they put them together because they both have that that strong style kind of vibe a little bit like you see with the blood sport matches I think he'll be someone that they'll be able to get some great matches out of him if they they uh, you are breaking up a bit, breaking up a bit. Uh, I don't know if it's the, the internet. Let me turn another room while he's carrying on, see if it gets any better. But yeah, um, that's an interesting point, but they're all separate champions. So obviously they're going to be defending the titles quite separately. Yeah. So like Jay's the US champion, Marx is like... Uh, no, Jay's the never never champion. Mox is the US champion. Like Tom Lawler's like the brand strong champion. So it's kind of going to be an interesting one to see where they go and with it. Like I said, that's in August, so that's a while away. But it seems like the US stuff is getting a lot more interesting than the Japanese stuff at the moment. I think it's a capitalisation as well. I think with the exception of we'll get onto it a little bit, but with home band we're always being recently. I think a lot of people are going to start to branch out. I started watching Impact a lot more recently and catching up with that just because it was something different to watch. Well, if they're going to go all out, I think there's an opportunity for them to really get a foothold in the US market. So makes sense. I still can't to go myself to watch Impact. <laughs> I just can't do it. I watch a lot of it. I, I watched a whole match on mute the other day because I couldn't listen to the commentary. It, I think that's it. I think it's the commentary. It's it's that bad that it just completely takes me out of the whole thing. He has still got. It's still got a very very like B tech promo about it. It's still got like a very B tech. Even though it's got some good stars in there, um, it it hasn't improved even from when it was like two thousand and nine, and you actually had some decent commenters. But now it's exactly the same. So if you can get past that that commentating and the, the kind of the presentation of it there's actually some decent matches knocking around but I think they'll go big if, if New Japan are going big with their, their US talent that they're bringing over um, all for it I'm all for something else to watch yeah, definitely I agree I think the thing with Impact they've got a good roster it's just like certain matches and it that are must see and certain things are like meh you know it's hit and miss with Impact it's not like a solid, solid, great thing. Obviously, we'll get onto impact in a bit anyway. At the end of the, the end of uh, what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, uh, on that point, uh, NXT Takeover. The latest Takeover was okay. It was decent. Like the matches. Were I think decent. it was surprisingly good, seeing as the card wasn't the best. Yeah, I just want to gloss over like two, two matches that were quite important. I think the ladder match was that outstanding. I don't think oh, anybody was, anybody that, does. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. That was one of my matches of the year. Con- contender that is. Yeah, I think the ladder match, right, is like they don't do. Nobody does ladder matches better than NXT or like WWE. Kind of obviously, we're coming upon to it. Money in the bank soon, but yeah, I think they gave it to the wrong person. Like I think they should have gave the million dollar belt to Cameron Grimes. I think they want to see just how far they can build him as a baby face. Because at the moment, like, it's almost like the test in the waters. Because, I mean, he's probably the most over person on the entire roster at the moment. And I think that they're going to kind of 
see how far they can run with it and then determine what they're going to do with him next. Because he's wicked in the ring. I went from, I couldn't stand him and now he's one of my favourites on the entire roster. Yeah, he's great. That that new gimmick that he can come with was absolutely yeah. incredible. And like the face of the face to face stuff he had a million dollar man and things like that. Like, like I don't think he's limited it. by that million dollar championship. I, I reckon you could make you could potentially make him the face of that brand. But I think that they're testing the waters. Like they they really wish that like Kyle O'Reilly could get the same response that he does, but people just seem to have turned on him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, just, obviously... it's just weird. This is what's good about having fans back because they dictate who should, you know, yeah. who should do well. And the whole Kyle O'Reilly thing's absolutely fallen flat on its arse. And yet, somebody who you weren't expecting the fans to love is now like absolutely beloved. So it's you know, it's just just wrestling for you. But I don't think that he's going to be held back by not having that title if anything I think he's going to move on to bigger things like North American yeah obviously um, that although and... I do like LA Knight <clears throat> he is wicked I liked him in NWA and I'm just happy he's in NXT because he's just good uh, James what do you think about the match yeah I thought it was pretty much what you expect from an NXT ladder match. I think he was good from start to finish. I, I agree with everything you said. I would have gone with Cameron Grimes as the winner just because of the way that he was built up. He seemed like the, like the perfect fit for that role. But like James just said, LA Knight was, he's always been good. He was good in Impact. He was good in NWA as well. So maybe they're in a situation where they're looking at him as someone that's going to start to progress through the card. Maybe they see that he's going to be someone that will move up the ladder quicker than Cameron Grimes maybe. Yeah. I think yeah. he'll be on the main roster before Canyon Cameron Grimes. He's more. He's ready. Yeah, it seems like, like I don't. I like. I think I said this before. He doesn't really fit that that NXT style, even though he can kind of wrestle and whatever. I think he'll be on the main roster before uh, Grimes. I think he's come with a little bit. He's got, Maybe a little bit like ET3. I think he's he spent too much time building a brand in another company for him to then come and rebuild elsewhere. So I think it, I think it'll be his time. A little bit like Bobby Roode. I'll probably put him in that kind of category of someone that's going to use NXT for a little bit and then move on to the main roster. Hopefully he has more success than Bobby Roode when he moves on to the main roster. But he's a great promo, which I think a lot of people, I think they're struggling with at the moment, especially on Raw. Um, he's a great promo. So I think that's probably the only reason that I can see why he'd been. But I would have preferred Cameron Grimes to to go through uh, yeah talk about the main event and Karrion Cost pretty much decimating everybody really and kind of it's kind of like there's kind of like a backlash against him I don't know if you lot have seen or heard that yeah he's, uh, I think he's been a little bit overexposed because like obviously he's had a match where he's been with NXT's absolute best and I think, although he's good and he's a big guy, he's a beast, he's not... I don't know. I, I, there's something about it, and I think the fans aren't really kind of taking to him, which isn't really fair because he is very good. Yeah, like, I, I think a lot's going to be told at like the next takeover that they're going to have if it is before SummerSlam or around SummerSlam time. <laughs> Well, he's doing dark matches on main events at the moment, so it's yeah. evident that he's going to be coming up. But then people are saying that he's not coming up with Scarlet, in which case that's the biggest mistake ever. Yeah, massive. I mean, you got the Great American Bash next week, ain't we? So obviously the stories are going to be told from there towards SummerSlam. Mate. I wonder what I'll do. I think he, I think he was an unfortunate. I like, I, I really like him. I think he's been really, really good, but like. I would almost put him like he's not he's not an elite wrestler just yet, but he's no. an elite monster, if that makes sense. If you're just gonna put him in matches, if you went all the way back to someone like Goldberg was probably the very first one, wasn't the greatest in the ring, but he would he just have short matches where he just decimated people and that's got over. And then the first time he had like a match against a wrestler in Regal, kind of got exposed <laughs> and then people started to turn him a little bit. And I think in this match Although it's great, I just I just don't think he's the type of wrestler that you'd put into a into a fatal five way match, especially when you've got people like I don't know and Cole 
who are unbelievable from start to finish and they'll be at that pace from start to finish. I just felt like, although he did well and he won, obviously, I just felt like he got a little bit lost in the shuffle, a little bit. Yeah. Which is probably what you, for someone that has been so dominating as your, as your main event kind of, you, like your title holder, I think it would have been, it would have made more sense to put them in a, a fatal four-way to determine whoever won the match and then just have a one-on-one and just let him batter him and just keep building him up as this monster head and like this monster but like James said I think if they bring him up without Scarlet I really it doesn't make sense in any stretch of imagination why you would because if he doesn't if you know Scarlet, your phone? But... are you connected to Wi-Fi are you using your 4G or 5G uh couldn't say mate <laughs> Wi-Fi it's alright you are not breaking you're not breaking up as much you're not breaking you're still breaking up a little bit try Turning on you turning off your Wi-Fi and see if that makes a difference because I have to do that sometimes. You're not breaking up yeah. as much now, this man. It's just like a... I've turned it off now, so hopefully it balances that a little bit. Ah, there we go then. But something that I have just seen that has baffled me a little bit. Uh, Dave Meltzer has given the six-man tag team match a better rating out of five than he did for the ladder match. I think that's Dave Meltzer. The dude. That's Meltzer, darling. Meltzer using his mind lately. <laughs> I just so happen to look at it now, and honestly, I'm just sitting there thinking, how have you worked that one out? Like, I know you've you've put some wild star ratings out, but to give something like that a better event, I know it's a good match, but it's your baffle match. I generally just baffle when I see it. Dave Meltzer is just crazy, though. I think the thing now with Meltzer is you kind of have to take him with a pinch of salt. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, was... sorry, carry on. I, know, I just think like I think from just from we've looked at star ratings before. I think he's got to the point now where he he just does it to warm people up. He's got yeah. such a like a background. Everyone takes his word as gospel. Like if he says it's a four star match, then ninety nine percent of people will accept it as a four star match. So I think he just does it for the just does it for the band, I, I think you kind of have to. Not not everybody's gonna like everything. You kind of have to make your own judgment on it. Do you know yeah, what I, mean? <laughs> I think like a lot of us what podcasters commentators you know wrestling journalists you can stick on whatever you want in it that we can say it was a great match but to you it might not be a great match you might like different things in it in the match some people like storytelling i'm not going off the point some people like work rate some people want the like, middle ground of the work rate and the storytelling so it kind of all depends on your perspective on what wrestling is and that's what what is great about wrestling i guess I mean, I think with Meltzer, it's that he's just... Because he's been around for so long, everyone does kind of just take his word as gospel, which it, I kind of get up to a certain extent. He but... is respected in a sense, obviously, of the stuff that he's done and, you know, you know, the actual, like, you know, journalistic work he's done in the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. But kind of, like, through 2010 to, like, 20, it's kind of flip-flop between companies... You know, it was on New Japan's bandwagon for a while and then he flipped to AEW and kind of like, you just have to take him with a pinch of salt. Now he's like, right up AEW's arse, he's like his head stuck in there. And like Tony Khan's just paying him dough to just say all great things about it. And obviously, I've got my own opinions about AEW. Like some parts of it's great, some parts of it's not. But you have to be objective and I think Meltzer's not been as objective as he used to be. Uh, nah, I completely agree with everything you said there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but yeah, that's besides the point. I mean, um, we have uh, Samoa Joe finally back in uh, NXT and returning as a Regal's uh, muscle, where he basically can't do anything unless he's provoked, which is strange to start with. I think it's just important that he's back. I think it, I think it's a clever signing by Triple H to get him back. Just one of the probably the best in WWE's done in the past what, what year and a half. Definitely one of the smartest things they've done. Yeah, definitely smart. Because if yeah, you don't let anybody anywhere else, boy, people would have popped. You know. I think it was I think a happy he will with... wrestle again. I think he will as well. Um, <laughs> I think he's just going to kind of recover whatever kind of niggling injury he's got and then, yeah. I don't think he's going to be the person to take the title off Cross, but I think he will have a match. Yeah, I just feel worried that he's teasing that he can go, yet he's not. 
having a match, which is how many teases can you give? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I know what he's saying. Typical. But he's, I think he's another one that's, you know how well he can wrestle, you know how well he can do in the ring. So he can go with matches, you've seen him in matches with Finn Balor, for example, where he's gone. But he's also someone that you could just build up as a monster. And if you needed him to have six, seven minute short matches where he just dominated, you can go either way with him. Yeah, I see your point. It's interesting to see where he goes. Um, no, I don't think he's needed in a wrestling capacity. Obviously, you want to see him wrestle, but it's yeah. just, I think it's just important that WWE have him and that, you know, they manage to keep him. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, that Kayla Ray Mako Satomura match, I don't know if any of you lot caught it, but obviously, Mako Satomura is the new NXT UK women's, women's champion. champion. It was one of the most in, like, incredible women's matches of not, not just women not just like just matches in general i'm not going to class it as a women's match because that was just <laughs> excellent uh match from start to finish nxt uk have been putting on some absolute classics recently like i've caught up with it now and it's not just that like dragon off like he's he's now the number one contender to walter and the the triple threat match that they had um, to determine it was absolutely incredible I think uh, and I, I think Dragunov is taking that title um, and I think Walter will be coming up too um, NXT. he'll be coming up yeah he'll be coming up to the main roster okay. oh well to NXT um, America I think yeah, yeah. Uh, did you catch the women's match um, so I haven't caught the match yet but I definitely will watch it I'm a big fan of Miko Satamora. Um the first match I've ever seen watched or watched of hers live um, was against Dunzilla Mark Davis for the Fight Club Pro World title because she was a champion at the time and she took a pile driver off the apron to the outside through a table and I thought ever since then I thought <laughs> fair enough that's what you're going to go with then fair play so um, I know how good she is um, I think they're going big they, they seem to be going big on the, the women's division in NXT UK I know Bea Priestley's on her way um, oh, who's the Rev Pro Women's Champion? Jamie Hayter. I think they've just she's just had a, a tryout for NXT UK as well, which apparently went really well. Um, so it looks like they're going big on the on the women's scene. I know that they've got Millie McKenzie and they've got Kelly Ray and they've got all the other ones as well. But um, I think it's going well. I think they, they they seem to be going big, and I'm all for another Dragunov versus Walter match because their first one or the last one that they had was absolutely wild. Yeah. And I think that they do need to, as much as I love Walter being the champion, I think he's very much needed on the NXT America kind of brand. So, and that's what the the rumours are, that that's why he's what's going to be happening. So, because you've got like the, um, the roster change in August, the same right, Walter is coming to, he's moving brands. So give Dragon off the belt, have Walter come on. And if need be, have Walter be the person to take the belt off Cross and then just have another dominant champion. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where they go. And I hope it'd be at a takeover, they actually do a takeover in front of fans. But obviously, you know, with that shit show of the government, fuck knows what's going to happen, to be honest. Well, it is a little bit of a joke at the moment. I mean... Uh... Yeah. I don't really want to mention it. Let's just say somebody was handling Hancock's cock. Let's just yeah. play that way. That's all I'm going to just say. Just go find the memes and you'll you'll just know exactly what's going on. There's tens of thousands of them out there. Yeah, just look on the internet. Yeah, kind of sums up what's happening in the UK at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously uh, some new faces on Raw. Uh, I kind of find it disrespectful to kind of what they're uh, doing to Piper Niven and Nikki Cross as well. I mean, they're not giving her the respect that her actual... I know they want to change her ring name, but calling her Dewdrop or something like that and putting her with Eva Marie and then she kind yeah, of had that whole... It's already... I think it's already falling apart, so I think she's already beginning to turn against Eva Marie. And, and they already got that flipping people like body shaming her and things like that, which wasn't great, obviously. You know, and she's a... You know, she's a, a curvy lady. 
I'll put it put it that way. And, uh, pretty. Yeah, she's pretty and you know curvy and she's doing a thing and she's a great talent. I just think that she's been thrust into the main roster too fast. I think they should have done the Rhea Ripley and the kind of like brought her through NXT and then brought her up. I think she'll definitely Piper Niven will do well on um on the main roster. As soon as the whole Eve Marie thing's done, um, I do genuinely believe that she will do well because she's just good. Boy, that Nikki Cross thing was for Apparently that's her choice. She chose to do that. She always, she said that she wanted to do it. And my argument towards it is remember back in the day, Mighty Molly. Yeah. He did the exact same gimmick and it and it worked truth. Yeah, but it's a different era. It's yeah. kinda like I don't get me wrong, I love Nikki, like I think she's I think she was at her hottest when it was Bailey when it was having a feud with Bailey. They should have gave her the SmackDown's women's title there and then. Like, because I think this gimmick in front of fans, I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah, or the trigger. Yeah, I agree. I did look into it a little bit. Apparently, this is like, this is, she put it on um, Instagram, and apparently, this is something that she's had for like years and years and years that she runs with that. Like, she's always done it. I think, I think the post is like something about lightning bolts, something like that. And you go back through about six or seven pictures at different points in her career, and she's dressed up as a hero. And I just feel now that she's just going to become comic relief almost for the women's division and she's gone from one extreme of being this like crazy psychopath where she did then she's the bliss yeah end of the discrimination worked if she came in you really hope it works out because you've got a rest I like that the transition's too different for me yeah you're still cutting out a bit unfortunately I kind of got the gist of what you were saying there I don't, know what, I don't know what's wrong with it. Normally it's fine. Yeah, it should be okay. Like you, Here and there you're fine, and then like a little bit you just cut out a bit, but it should be okay. I'll just keep going through it and just see how it goes. Um, but yeah, uh, four Hell in a Cell matches within four days. It is a bit too much. Just a bit. Oh, oh, I think well, now they're on Raw and SmackDown. Raw and SmackDown get Hell in a Cell matches now, so that's how kind of unimportant it is. Yeah, joke. <laughs> right, let's just rank them in order. What were your favourites? Oh, that was loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, somebody outside my house having arguments and beeping horns and... <laughs> the usual. Yeah, just normal Warsaw life. Yeah. Um, my personal favourite, I think, I'm going to go with Bianca Belair and Bailey. Yeah. And then probably Bobby Lashley against McIntyre, then Reigns versus Remister, and then Lashley versus Woods. Yeah, that's how I would put them. Before. But looking at it now, there's, it used to be one a year, and there's been nine since 2019 now, which I think is far too many. It's lost its aura. Like it's, it's not a big event anymore. Like I wasn't excited to watch the main event. Yeah, I agree with that. It seems to have uh, definitely just kind of fallen off and become nothing. It's not a gimmick. Like the gimmick was like, we're ending this feud in Hell in a Cell. Do yeah, you know what I mean, and like having four of them on. I know you got the cell all set up and whatever you want to use it and whatever, but man, two was getting bad. Having four within four days, it's just way too much, and it's like the same kind of thing over and over again. The same match structure, the same things going on in the cell. Kind of, I know they kind of kept, kept, tried kept it creative. I think the Bianca Belair Bailey one was the most creative one of them all. But from then on, it was a bit like you know, always a bit overkill. I think the single matches were better. I mean, Seth and Cesaro was great, but I don't know what they're fucking doing with Cesaro. And seeing Sami Zayn getting his shine again, actually winning against Kevin Owens was amazing. I think Sammy's going to be a dark horse, obviously, when we get to Money in the Bank. Yeah, I think Sammy's... Uh, I, I think they might finally be ready. Uh, James, what do you think about the standard matches? I think I, all the standard matches, in my opinion, were good. I think it was... it was a, For the looking at the card, it, I didn't have a lot of high hopes for it, but 
Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get an unbelievable match all the time. Rawlins and Cesaro, exactly the same. I think it was, with the exception of Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler, which is still just a weird feud for me. Card was as good as it probably can be at the moment. Uh, yeah, and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens last man standing on Friday should be an absolute classic. Yeah, I think that that match is going to end up becoming a um, like number one. Well, not a qualifying match for. Yeah, the, it's meant to be a qualifying match. Yeah. yeah. If it's yeah. not already, then yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, it's a qualifying match. I think they kind of mentioned it because Sammy's like, "You're not going to give me the case then." And no, I think he's like, no, you're going to have to kind of qualify Adam Pearce or whatever his name is. Oh, there you go then. So um, I want to see Sami Zayn win. I want to see. I want to see them do something with Sami Zayn. Yeah, it'd be think, great with the pace as well. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Obviously, we'll get onto the road to Money in the Bank in a bit. Um, yeah, uh, Leo Rush and uh, ACH have uh, retired from. Uh, the pro wrestling unfortunately I thought ACH had retired a very long time ago so um, but apparently not <laughs> no ACH was kind of like on the indie scene after everything that happened he's working for New Japan and things like that so Leo Rush was a bit of a shame I think he's he's still under contract with New Japan so he's kind of said he's doing his little whatever New Japan run he's contracted to and that's it uh, good on him yeah, it's a shame. He really had some momentum over the probably the last twelve months or so, like with his stuff in MLW and then with his AEW appearance and New Japan. He really seemed to get some momentum going. So it's a shame that he's never retiring. Yeah, I think he said he had a nasty arm injury and he couldn't like kind of change his perspective because he couldn't pick his kids up or put a t-shirt on or things like that, which is a bit of a shame. But I guess it is what it is, isn't it? Hopefully. Maybe he he turns back up at some point, but we'll wait and see. We know what pro wrestling retirements are like. Oh, there you go. Case in point, Mr. Ric Flair. And okay. uh, obviously the next person we're going to go on about. Uh, Mick Foley's Broken Skull Sessions. Absolutely. Um, I watched it today. Brilliant. Yeah. That, that it just the DDP story makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. I think they kind of glossed over a bit of his early career, which is a bit of a shame. Because, like, his stuff that he did in, like, you know, ECW and WCW and kind of like Japan stuff was kind of glossed over. Obviously, in, in his first book, Have a Nice Day, he goes into detail a bit. But I think they did more of Jericho's early career than Mick Foley's, which is a bit of a shame. Because you kind of see in his, like, one of his snippets of his promo is, I, I think, because for me, it's a bit of a shame because they own all that ECW and WCW stuff. Maybe it was Cactus Jack and, like, you know, ECW was Cactus Jack. And the kind they could have gone into it a little bit more. But all in all, it's a well worth uh, a good watch. I'd actually say it's my favourite Broken Skull session. Uh, I think it's between him and Jericho, I think. For me, I don't know what I'd say about it. I really like the Godfather one that was on the other week. I haven't caught that. I do want to see that. The Godfather one was very good, actually. (laughs) For me, I think think I'd probably still stick with The Undertaker just because it was so insightful into his career and how closed he is normally. But honestly, I think I said it on the last one. Um, The Broken School things are my favourite thing on the network at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They're, They're. the documentaries that do can't fault them like the WWE the way they put together a documentary and like the Icon series and they just do good documentaries and behind the scenes stuff it's kind of like between that and Dark Side of the Ring obviously I need to catch up on a few episodes probably the best wrestling documentaries out there yeah I would agree to that as well uh yeah um the actual this Raw was actually not too bad. I mean, the road to Money in the Bank hasn't been awful. Yeah, so far, the road to Money in the Bank had the best build-up of probably any Money in the Bank I can remember, like, of that I can remember. 
And you've got some shocking faces in there, which is always good to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, confirmed so far. So you've got Ricochet, John Morrison, uh, uh, Matt Riddle, and Biggie. Yeah, three of which can do crazy athletic stuff. And all of which have never been a world champion or held the briefcase before. So that's always a good sign. Like it's inevitable that you're gonna get like an AJ in there or something, but so far, like I'm I'm chuffed and I'm looking forward to it. Although I do genuinely believe that whoever wins it is gonna challenge Lashley, and that Reigns is just gonna be left alone for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah I would agree. I think there's gonna be an insane spot where somebody's gonna manage to kind of like jump off the ropes and get to the briefcase. Or like jump. Probably we could say jump from the, like the ropes and get to a ladder or some shit, and then fucking climb up and then be up in the air like there's no ladder. Somebody chucks the ladder away. And it's like Ricochet just hanging on to the briefcase, but he can't get it down because he's scared of like you know, fucking taking a crazy bump. Ricochet wouldn't be surprised if he does a four fifty off top of the the building. Yeah, yeah the stuff that he does. But they've got some they've got some credible people in there. They've got people that you think might win it. You've got you're gonna have big names in there still to come, like James just said, with AJ potentially or Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, people that you think, yeah, they've got a good chance of winning. We've also got some people in there that are gonna steal the show and Morrison and Ricochet will do exactly that. They'll do the spot towards everyone else does the other bits. Yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. I mean Money in the Bank is my favourite. Like one of my favourite pay per views of the year, if not my actual favourite. So I just hope they, I hope they do something with the briefcase this year, because the last couple of years it's just been awful. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Otis. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk about the run that they haven't had with the briefcase. I mean, it's been terrible. Yeah, that was like <laughs> they gave it to Miz and he lost the title. So it was Otis, then Miz, and then o- and then Miz loses the title a week later. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even be averse if someone cashed in on the night. Because I haven't seen that. See, me and James were talking about this yesterday. We said that because obviously the match that's coming up, you've got Kingston and Lashley, right? I love Kingston, but he ain't beating Lashley. Just play that, man. I've got images of Big E winning the money in the bank, moving over to Raw, New Day reunion, and Big E takes the title off Lashley. Or plot twist, they finally turn Big E heel and Kingston wins the title and then he cashes in on Kingston straight away. Yeah, or that, which I think could be absolutely incredible. As much as I wouldn't want to see it, I kind of do want to see it. Yeah. <coughs> it'd skyrocket him. It'd skyrocket him into heal them straight away. Because everyone looks to be Kingston and no one wants them new day to break up. Right, the most interesting thing is where the placement of it is going to be on the card. Yeah. So the, if the money in the, yeah, the you, you you tell it Bash. Sorry, if the championship match goes first, then because the WWE championship match has gone first for a good while, if you noticed, it's not been yeah. the main event for a while. So, I I think on the last show it was because the Reigns was on there. I think that's the reason why. As Reigns would have went on last. So, if the money in the bank ladder match is first, that like they do the two ladder matches first, which is. Usually possible because they've got a live crowd in. So that's when you know there's going to be a cash in. Yeah. On the night. Or there's going to be at least one cash in. Because they've got the ladies' ones as well, remember. So if, if they're not, if they're placed in between the championship matches, nobody's cashing in on that night. I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte Flair puts herself in the match and wins and cashes in. We can only hope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, there's been a. I think we seem to talk about it every other week. More be- people being released, unfortunately, from uh, WWE, which is always shitty for the people who are being released. Obviously, the people that I felt were most important was Killian Dane, because he kind of had that thing with Rockstar Spud and Breezango were always entertaining as well. 
I mean, everybody's were kind of just getting a little bit of a run as well. Uh, who else got released? I think Roderick Strong's missus got released. Buddy Murphy. No, that was on the last ones, not this one. Uh, I thought it was this one. No, no, that was the last set. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what? It's happened that freak, like, it's become that frequent. Uh, it's, it, it's, ugh. Uh-huh. Whoever's got released game. I feel sorry for the developers of t- the next 2K game. <laughs> like, because at this point, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to take them out. <laughs> I don't think it's too late to take them out now, July. Nah, apparently, well, the first lot, so Braun Strowman, Buddy Murphy, etc., they have been taken out. Um, it was confirmed online. But the new ones, um, I doubt that it had been done in time. But it doesn't matter. Everybody going to create a wrestler anyway. I know, I can assure you, I won't be creating Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, with these set of releases, something that I did read about, because someone else pointed on it, because there's been a lot of 205 Live people released. Um, as of now, 205 Live have only got four active wrestlers, or four active members of their, their wrestlers, and the rest of them have just all been released or moved on. Oh, yeah. I think at some point they just they look like they're slowly just dissolving 205 Live it's, it's a bit of a shame that used to be a half decent yeah, but anyone who's anyone on 205 Live seems to have just been released or moved on Tony Nice, he was probably their best thing recently and then he's gone all of a sudden they moved Drew Gulak up and then he kind of dissolved into nothing oh yeah it's a bit of a shame, but I guess it is what it is, isn't it? Hopefully it works out, but the way that they've built 205 Live up now, even if they move the, the four main people into any roster, no one's going to take them seriously. No one's really going to care for them. I, I couldn't tell you who the four are. Yeah, true. I haven't I'm watched just... him, but he... He just... Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't know. And, uh, I feel sorry for the Singh brothers as well, because one of them got thrown off the side of the Punjabi prison and now all of a sudden he's been released for his hard work yeah the thing really is a bit of odd one I don't know why they didn't put him with Jinder again I mean yeah. it's been a feature I know it's not a big thing to be a feature in the 24-7 title picture but I think they've got like the nine range between them something daft like that so they seem to be always featuring in it yeah it is a shame. You don't like to see anybody lose the job, really. But, you know, it's... I suppose they're just doing what they've got to do, aren't they, really? Yeah. It's just not... The problem is for me, right? They go on a talent hoard. Like, they sign all this talent from the indies. And whatever. And, like, you know... Time's going to get rough. They release a lot of people and then they sign people again. It's like, what the fuck are you, gonna, what, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Well, they just don't want AEW getting the talent, do they? That's really all it comes down to. Or, or not even AEW, like Ring of Honor, Impact, you know. I hope it works out from all, but it's, it's going to get to the point now where they're just going to keep saturating the market. So people are going to start struggling to find work because there's so many people knocking around, especially in the indies and stuff like that. Unless you get picked up by one of the bigger companies, I think it's going to be a struggle for a little bit of time while everything balances out. You're going to be competing with so many different people that have been released at such high profile. But then I did see um, Tyler Breeze said that he's, he's, he's going to take it as he comes. He's going to focus on his Twitch and his wrestling school for a little bit rather than go straight back into wrestling so he's not in any rush to get back. Yeah, but he's running a school with Ty Dillinger, so... Yeah, is it Flatbacks Wrestling School, I think it is? Yeah, Flatbacks, yeah. So he kind of, he's, all, he's got it he's in with AEW whenever he wants yeah. to Hopefully he does, and I know that he, he does a lot of this up, up, down, down stuff with Xavier Woods, so hopefully he's, he's got options there, but a lot of people that are getting released haven't. I did see a picture going, just because James mentioned Braun Strowman earlier, um, he's shredded massively, like he's putting weight back on, I think he's £350 again now, but he's trimmed down loads, and now he's shaved off that stupid ponytail, he looks loads better. Yeah. Um, you got um Miro making fun at the well, he was it Andrade. I think you know the full story, James. 
Yeah, so like Andrade Day basically he's already got his he's already got his uh, shot at the triple A title, then he started eyeing up like Kenny's AEW title and then the TNT title. And um Miro just took a dig at him saying, you know, I am guessing um um what was his exact words? I suppose just expecting and being given uh, title shots just runs in your family. It's like, oh. So I think that's a digger. Well, Charlotte mainly, but also Rick, because Rick also got a lot of uh, title opportunities. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he took a, took a little bit of a shot at him, but... He's know. not wrong. He <laughs> isn't wrong, no. No, he's not wrong, um, is he? Uh, you got Kenny and Sammy for Sam Slammiversary. Yeah, I don't quite know. I don't quite know what to make of that because I, I can't. I said to you, Bash, like Sammy Callahan. I I don't rate him. I I, I just don't. <laughs> I think it's going to be some type of hardcore match. I'd expect so. <laughs> Suppose yeah. it isn't another bloody exploding barbed wire death match. I Who wouldn't expect. I would hope so. I've seen Sammy Callahan wrestle quite a lot with um, Fight Club Pro. I also seen him jump off the side of the building of like twenty feet onto the concrete floor for absolutely no reason at all. But it just—it's a very—it's a very distinct clash of styles. But I, I do fear that the clash of styles might be a little bit too much to kind of bridge. Yeah. If it's not a hardcore match, I feel like he's he's gonna get. I wouldn't say shown up because he is. I do like him as a wrestler, but Kenny Omega is so good. If it's just a one-on-one match, I do fear that Callahan might not be able to keep the pace. Yeah, agreed. I think that's one. I think that is one of my main concerns as well. If I'm completely honest, you've got two. You've got two completely different leagues and styles of wrestler that it that should not be a match that we need to see really. But I think that something just touching on that. As well, um, just as in general, the Slammiversary card, they're actually bringing back the Ultimate X match for the first time in a couple of years as well, which is always a fan favourite. So that's something that I'll probably catch. I won't watch the pay-per-view as a whole, um, but I'll certainly try and catch the Ultimate X match just because I think they're good. I think I'm, no. I'm going to catch Ultimate X and the main event. Yeah, the rest of it, the rest of it looks like Moose versus Chris Sabin. It's not a match that I'd be staying up till four o'clock in the morning to watch. I'm shocked that Chris Sabin's still going. Yeah. Bloody hell, he's bloody... Um, like, TNA original. <laughs> yeah, literally. I think he, he was in the first All of Max match, if I remember. Yeah. Who he was? 2000, early 2000, wasn't it? 10s. 2008, 2009. He has been going a fair while. Like, yeah. fair play to, for his long, you know, longevity. Like... You know, I respect that, but Jesus Christ, he's been going for a good while. Yeah, yeah, that's 2006, according to this, as part of the Motor City Machine Guns. See, I do like the Motor City Machine Guns, I won't lie. <laughs> yeah. That 15 years he's been knocking around. Yeah, dude, dude's done a lot, though. He has done a lot. Yeah, it looks, it should, it should a lot. be a good match. Oh, yeah, like, it'll be they're a, always well, good matches, Ultimate X matches. Uh, you watched the Kenya Jungle Boy match. I haven't watched it yet. So I haven't seen it, but you said it was quite good and quite impressive what Jungle Boy did. Yeah, so Jungle Boy definitely put on... He, he's got a very bright future. I, I think you said something about the way he got out of a so one-wing yeah, angel. At the end, he didn't manage to obviously kick out of the one-wing angel because that was, you know, that's never going to happen. Well... So they'll have you believe, but he managed to reverse it in a very kind of interesting way. And Jungle Boy looked like he belonged in there. You knew he wasn't going to win, but he looked like he belonged in there. And I think that's what—that's really what they wanted to do with this match. Was you know, you got this young wrestler, and you know, he looked credible against Kenny Omega, who is you know whether you love him or hate him hands down considered one of the best in the world so no it was uh, it was good uh, did you catch it James or no um, no I haven't caught it but I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Jungle Boy and from what James has said he looks like he's raised his stock quite a lot to a situation where he's probably elevated himself up the card 
but I think he's got a massive future. He's only a kid at the end of the day, and I think yeah. to be able to, to hang fire and be in them kind of matches, and for AW to pull the trigger on him as well, um, and put him in that situation shows that he's got full backing of it. So hopefully it works out, and it just kind of shows, not just take a pop, but it just shows the contrast between AW and WWE that, that I don't think WWE had ever been in that situation where they'd put someone in that and let them kind of just carry the ball and see what happens. And from yeah. what James said, I'll certainly catch the match because it sounds like he's he's done himself a, a massive like a massive boost. Yeah, and uh, you sounded a lot absolutely crystal clear then, which is uh, great. Obviously, we've come to the end now, so I apologise for the technical some technical difficulties <laughs> that, uh, that uh, arise at the show. But yeah, I think we covered everything. So. And, um, yeah, hopefully my migraine will go away now. I think we'll be back for money in the bank and obviously kind of go from there and see what's uh, been going on. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you, James, for sticking with us. Yeah. Through the technical difficulty. I'll have it sorted for next time. I won't sound like a Dalek. <laughs> I think <laughs> it cleared up halfway through, so it wasn't too bad. So, I think it might. Have, it must have just been the Wi-Fi. I've new rooms. Normally, I think it's all right. Normally, when I listen back to the podcast, it seems okay. Yeah, so it seems clear I, enough. I yeah. Apologise in advance if but, it gives anyone a break. Yeah, but it seems you seem completely fine now for some reason. But <laughs> just as he said, in which is convenient. <laughs> convenient, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you for being on. Anyway, um, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem, James. You hit the, the people with the Twitter. Yeah, so as oh, yeah, um, thank you to all of our new followers. We have about 60 plus new followers, oh, that's great. um, all in a very short space of time. So, um, been quite communic, you know, communicative is that a word? Um, yeah. but yeah, um, so yes, welcome, uh, enjoy it all. Um, as always, if you're not already following, please follow us at breeze underscore shooting. And, yeah, I am now going to go and sleep in a dark room and cry about my migraine. <laughs> right. Cheers, lads. Thanks very much. All right. Take care, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.